Welcome to the Billions of Atoms podcast. My name is Dino. Billions of Atoms is all about our own personal experience with meaning and purpose in life and what we have done in various stages of our life to find meaning and purpose. This is episode eight of the Billions of Atoms podcast. Childhood memories are fascinating. They not only contain the information about what occurred at the time, they also contain the emotions we felt before the world made us jaded and cynical. Emotion can help us recall childhood memories, particularly intense emotions. Multiple neurons firing in synchronicity create persistent memories tied to intense emotions. Memories linked with strong emotions can become seared in the brain. Snippets of information, snapshots of vision in our mind's eye, it is an ad hoc and fragmented record of our years of innocence. Feeling intense emotion can actually help us recall childhood memories. I always associated an emotion of sadness with my older brother. And this comes from a very specific event that happened when I was around seven years old. We were playing in the backyard and dad had called out to us, the three of us to come into the house. We knew this meant we had to present ourselves immediately to him. Whenever dad yelled out for us, we had to move fast. It was expected that he would not need to ask twice. We didn't know whether we were in trouble or whether there was violence coming. Darren and I quickly ran towards the stairs. We turned around and Ronnie had not moved. He stood there in silence, staring at us. He hadn't uttered a word and had a look of absolute terror on his face. He was standing there. He was frozen, unable to respond. I was really confused why he wasn't moving. It was then that I noticed he had peed his pants through sheer fear. The shock of that booming voice calling out to us had triggered such a traumatic emotional response in this boy of 10 years old that he froze and he wet his pants. You know, these memories from our childhood, they are just memories. They can't hurt us. We have managed to process this stuff many years ago. We are no longer damaged by them. My brother is now an author and he's doing fine. He's had a long and happy life, as have I. But I will say this. It is one of the most emotive images I have carried with me through my life. That memory of my older brother standing there, frozen, petrified with fear, looking terrorized, not knowing what to do next, acknowledging nothing, he had peed his pants with fear. And I remember even then thinking to myself, how can a father live with himself when his son is so scared of him that he wet his pants when you called his name? So you can tell from some of the stories that I've been telling that You know, the fact that I'm here today as a fully functioning man who, you know, has a great career that's allowed me to travel the world, 
financially independent. The fact that I've arrived at this point in time is somewhat of a miracle. But, you know, I had a lot of issues, you know, going into uh, going into my teens, right up until my late, late 20s, probably into my early 30s is when I really started to implement some of these concepts and really just make that decision. But it's been a long journey and, and I've reached a point in life where I really want to share this story with people to provide people who are currently going through their own trauma or processing their own trauma or who may feel lost and feel like there is no future to let them know that you can do this, you've got this and just take one step at a time and focus on what's happening right in front of you right now and what you can do to push through with your life, then then you can get there. And I think any uh, reservations I have about trawling through all of this are far outweighed by the the benefits that it can bring. For me, it's the university of life. It's a lived experience that I think adds the most value. Uh, as someone who's experienced uh, a lot of uh, really challenging circumstances in my life. I think having someone who's lived the experience and come out the other end of it provides inspiration for people. Okay, so in this episode, we want to explore how trauma can impact human connection. We'll explore the ways that trauma can affect how we interact with others. We'll also talk about what we can do to heal from trauma and create more satisfying relationships. Now, this is all based on a personal experience. We are not professionals. So if you feel you are need to reach out and contact a health professional to process your trauma and to get professional assistance, we strongly advise that. I think we can all agree that traumatic experiences in our life can have long-term effects. We see this in veterans in conflicts such as Iraq, uh, Afghanistan, through the Vietnam War, even Korean War veterans in the World Wars, World War One and Two. This uh, shell shock syndrome was probably largely a traumatic uh, uh, symptoms experience, but the knowledge around trauma and how it affects people was probably a lot less back then. Um, so we want to explore today how trauma impacts human connection. If you are a perpetrator, if you have issues with violence or aggression, particularly towards children, and towards women, then seek help. Find support. Leave the situation because the damage you are doing will have long-term lasting impacts on these human beings. There are solutions to this. Find your strength and courage to climb out of this crevice and seek help. You are damaging people. Okay, so moving on. We want to look at how trauma impacts human connection in this episode. We'll explore the ways that trauma can affect the way we interact with others. 
we'll also talk about what we can do to heal from trauma and create more satisfying relationships. Trauma is an emotional response to an event or experience that can cause physical, psychological and social implications. In particular, violence is a major form of trauma that has short-term and long-term effects on individuals. It often includes fear, helplessness, horror, death or threats of violence which impacts the way in which people think and feel about themselves and others. Trauma from violence can lead to feelings of shame, guilt, sadness and despair. Professionals suggest that therapeutic interventions to help those affected by violence understand the ways in which these traumas have destroyed their normal functioning patterns enable them to cope with their trauma and avoid long-lasting psychological issues. I know for myself personally, I have sought out uh, in the early stages of my life when I was working through some of these issues and, and the stuff we've t- described uh, to date um, on my personal journeys uh, and stories from my childhood uh, are just starting to touch the surface of, of this, the, the things that I've experienced and they may not be normal. They are nowhere near as traumatic as as the experience of others. So I'm not trying to suggest that they are. But trauma can be a powerful reminder of the many different kinds of pain and hurt that we as humans are capable of experiencing. It holds the capacity to cause psychological distress and disruption, increasingly leading to mistrust, to fear and ultimately disconnection from others. However, trauma can also create a unique kind of connection between people. Those who have experienced similar traumas may find comfort in one another's story. Sometimes sharing in that pain allows for real healing, especially when coupled with support from loved ones or professionals. All in all, trauma has both the power to break us apart and to unite us together. And we see this repeated around the world, particularly now with conflict, say, for for example, in Ukraine, the Syrian situation, uh, the Palestinians. um, These people are united by a traumatic event. Trauma is an issue that has risen to the forefront in recent years as more research and attention helps us better understand its severe effects. Many of those impacts um, manifest themselves in the way trauma can affect our ability to connect with other people and form healthy relationships. When trauma becomes more prominent, it numbs us out emotionally, elevates levels of distrust and creates unhealthy patterns of attachment while weakening our overall ability to interact meaningfully with others, especially when we have limited access to certain resources or are dealing with intense emotional distress. Ultimately, this makes it more difficult to bridge gaps between ourselves and those around us as our most primal form of connection is thrown into disarray. Trauma can have a profound impact on how individuals navigate their relationships and experiences of human connection. Often childhood experiences of trauma can lead to adults feeling like they are unable to make meaningful connections with others 
or may over-rely on people in an attempt to soothe the pain associated with their trauma. This often manifests as difficulty in trusting others or difficulty in maintaining healthy boundaries around relationships. Such behaviours can leave people isolated and struggling to connect with others emotionally in a safe and secure way, whether that is family relationships or intimate relationships with your partner. Consequently, unresolved childhood trauma can lead to problems with communication, intimacy and attachment issues within relationships, which could potentially prevent individuals from forming deep intimate bonds leading to a lack of meaningful connection within our life. I know from my perspective, I've dealt with many of these issues through my intimate relationships with my partners over the years until I really understood the, the deep, profound causes of my behaviours. I've had issues with codependencies in relationships, with mistrust of my partners, not able to, to connect with people socially, isolating myself. These were all symptoms of my trauma that I've worked through. Yes, with seeking professional help, but also more importantly, which I think the most beneficial piece of advice I have is that this takes action. You need to do things. Stuff needs to happen. Going off to therapy for years on end was never my gig. (laughs) I would go when I had experienced certain things and I wanted to understand it, I would get the messaging and then I would run with it. I'd go and implement that. And as soon as it became clear to me what the drivers of those unwanted behaviours were, I was able to correct them. Avoidance is a natural human instinct when it comes to uncomfortable or potentially dangerous situations. Unfortunately, this can become an unhealthy cycle if it isn't addressed. Instead of dealing with these issues directly, feelings of anxiety and fear of failure may cause us to repeat a pattern of behaviour characterized by putting off difficult tasks, then feeling guilty for letting them slip away. Over time, this can lead to low self-esteem and feelings of sadness as we start to believe we are not capable of taking control and achieving our goals. It is important to understand how the cycle works in order to break it and be able to face uncomfortable challenges head on. Taking small steps on a consistent basis such as writing down our intentions every day or delegating tasks when necessary are essential for breaking patterns of avoidance and reclaiming our sense of power. I found for me it was less about writing down that seemed too laborious for me, um, but for me I would focus on one pattern of behaviour first and work on that, stick to really honing in on those emotions and my behaviours and and correcting them and and building a new neural pathway for it. When the thought or the emotion would start to surface, I would really, really concentrate on redirecting my, my thought patterns to a fresh take on things to correct it. The cycle of avoidance is an interesting and complex phenomenon. It manifests itself as avoidance of certain issues, emotions, experiences or behaviours when it takes place. The individual attempts to protect themselves by avoiding challenging situations in order to prevent feeling uncomfortable or threatened. 
However, avoidance can actually be counterproductive and uh, avoidance can make those challenges feel even more difficult when they are eventually faced. By avoiding challenges, individuals forego a chance to to develop skills and understanding that could help them meet those challenges with greater confidence. Consequently, they remain stuck in a cycle of avoidance, unable to break out or progress further. I've seen this behavior in others where they are stuck with uh, being lethargic towards life. They're unmotivated and they don't want to, to, to push forward. They don't want to take the challenge. They don't want to pick it up and run with it. And it's an avoidant behavior. Avoidance can be a dangerous trap when life becomes difficult. There can be a temptation to simply push the situation away. But over time, as situations that were once avoided need addressing, avoidance can become habitual and its effects can ripple through our lives. Avoidance can make us feel powerless or suggest that it's impossible to overcome our challenges. However, this cycle can be broken with thoughtfulness and planning. By recognizing the urge to avoid and actively challenging it, we can create an action plan to address the issue. Whether that's facing new responsibilities head on or confronting uncomfortable feelings, the cycle of avoidance can be overcome through these actions and by overcoming it, we are able to move closer towards achieving our desired outcomes. It often feels nearly impossible to break out of avoidant behaviors and move on to healthier patterns of thoughts and actions. So to do so, key behavioral changes must be implemented. Seeking help, get professional help, find a good therapist or someone you trust to talk to who has professional training and can unpack some of these emotions and feelings and help you work through them. Setting boundaries. We need boundaries in all of our relationships with intimate partners. One of the key negative, really toxic behaviors I had as a young man was I was quite codependent. I was quite jealous and and needy. And I reached a point in my life where I really recognized the toxicity of my behaviors and the absolute ridiculousness of my thoughts and the way I constructed my life around my relationships being the most important thing in my life. And for me, there was a few factors that built into this. One of the main things was that Venn type diagram of balance in your life. Like what are the key things in your life that make up your life? So work for me has always been, you know, 60 to 70% of, of the important uh, um, identity for me, what makes me me. And then... My relationship consumed probably another 35%, which is not that balanced, to be honest. Um, and then and then it was really just my, my fitness and, and things like the gym and, and going and exercising. And any one of those that fell over, particularly my relationships or my career or that weren't working out, would have a really destructive impact on my life. 
So I was quite protective of my relationships. I was quite protective of my partners and and this was incredibly toxic and it was probably largely a learned behavior from my father as well. There was a few enlightening moments in my life that, that where I managed to change this and it was almost an out-of-body experience where I was outside of myself and looking at me and how I was behaving from an external point of view. And as soon as I saw that, I realized that this is unacceptable. Uh, this human being I'm in a relationship that loves me dearly uh, it, it, it is on their own journey in life and I don't own them and they are not a possession and they, are, they have free will to do whatever they choose in life. Uh, and, and as soon as I, I realized that and I started to, to implement those new neural work networks around my relationships, everything changed and it became much more loving and much more deeper and much more respectful. So we spoke about seeking help, setting boundaries in relationships and, and also at work. Uh, the other aspects for, for breaking out of these avoidant behaviors are analyzing the symptoms, looking at what are the symptoms of your avoidant behaviors, uh, and also investing in relationships and self-care. So that could be seeking that assistance, getting that help and, and, and implementing some of the findings from that. So investing in, in your relationship through the support you're getting and also this care for yourself. And the other most important thing, and we spoke about this in a previous episode about this building new neural network, and this is such an amazing field to help myself in in my life. This ability to be able to build a new neural network will simply change your life. It is phenomenal. If you can master altering your cognitive thought processes and and pushing the way you think into more productive and 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 positive areas of thought, it'll change your life. You will have a happy, contented life. This will be reflected in in the happiness of the people around you, your career. Uh, it is just so powerful. Therapy and getting support just simply cannot work if you cannot master changing cognitive thought processes. That is the most important glue that stitches all of this together. By committing to these actions via behavior change strategies, such as mindfulness and journaling or therapy, one can finally free themselves from the cycle of avoidant behavior and start living your life on your own terms. Another aspect of trauma is seeking validation. When we don't receive validation from the outside world, it can take an emotional toll. We can start to doubt ourselves and our decisions when validation is lacking. But it's important to remember that inner peace and self-acceptance come from within. It's a good practice to maintain meaningful connections with people in our lives who appreciate us and who bring out our best character. These social connections may offer nourishing aspects of validation, such as support or encouragement, that remind us of what we have to offer. Ultimately, validating oneself by recognizing your own personal strength can help build confidence from the inside out. That is another life-changing 
moment for me is when I started to realize that I don't need validation from anyone else. And it's corny as hell. It's weird. But my philosophy became if I can't love myself and and think that I'm deserving of everything good that I can do for myself, whether it's diet, exercise, self-talk, how I talk about myself mentally inside my own head. If you can't do that, then how can you love anyone else? You can't have a relationship with another human being. If you can't love yourself first, man, you've got to really think that that you are worthy of your own love. Everyone processes trauma differently. But why is it that so many of us seek out validation in the aftermath? Whether it's a hug from a friend or seeing a therapist or opening up to family members, our desire for reassurance helps us cope with what we are going through. It turns out that validation helps us identify the needs and feelings associated with difficult experiences. In times of distress, the act of being seen, being heard and being understood can help heal emotional wounds and promote self-acceptance. And because of these acts of kindness, they validate our pain as normal human emotions. It, It enhances our recovery, which can ultimately be empowering. So whether you're a perpetrator or a victim, getting validation from someone else and helping you work through the pain you have can really be an emotionally empowering experience. So validation is the understanding and recognition of the emotions, opinions and beliefs and experiences of other people. The need for validation often comes from feelings of insecurity, mistrust or neglectful treatment. It can be difficult to go through life without knowing how others perceive us, how they understand our own value, our self-worth, or supporting and understanding us in our relationships. But that is why understanding validation is so important. It helps people build trusting relationships with each other and can give them a sense of belonging. Validation encourages communication and understanding, which are necessary components to maintain a healthy relationship with ourselves as well as with others. By validating the emotions of those around us, we show empathy, understanding and acceptance, which can make all the difference for someone who's feeling insecure. Understanding validation and utilizing this skill in your relationships can have an extremely positive impact on both your mental health as well as your connection with those around you. Another aspect of trauma is trust. One of the hardest challenges we face in life is re-establishing trust from trauma. When we experience betrayal or heartbreak, it can be difficult to open our hearts back up. And yet, it's essential for us to nurture meaningful relationships and have a fulfilled life. If you are navigating through this situation, remember that from pain there is always healing and from darkness there comes light. Take your time and be gentle with yourself as you work towards building a sense of security where there was once hurt. With patience and compassion for yourself, you'll find that trust can gradually be rebuilt from the ashes. Restoring trust is complex, but a vital task carried out in numerous contexts. It can be carried out between individuals 
and organisations between friends or even from the past trauma carried into adulthood from childhood or in relationships where there's been infidelity. Re-establishing trust can often feel like an uphill climb. There are steps that can be taken and behavioural shifts that need to be made to rebuild trust, such as regularly communicating with others in open and honest ways, being consistent with your words and actions, being straightforward when challenges come up, and being reliable in different scenarios. If there has been trauma as a result of infidelity in a relationship, it's hard to turn back time on what has happened. Successful efforts towards restoring trust are sure to lead to more productive and meaningful relationship going forward. Establishing trust with people around you is integral to healthy relationships and quality of the life that you lead. It is not always easy to build the level of trust needed and sometimes after a breach or a conflict, it can be nearly impossible to rebuild the necessary trust. If you want to take steps towards re-establishing trust, first understand the cause of the breach of trust and make sure everybody involved is held equally accountable. Second, set a clear and definitive boundaries on how all parties should interact going forward. Thirdly, show your commitment through small deeds every single day, such as thoughtful gestures and apologies if ever needed. Fourth, practice patience and give others the opportunity to prove themselves reliable again over time. Finally, invite communication from all involved so that each person feels valued in the process. Work on implementing these five steps for a successful re-establishment of the trust in the relationship. Rebuilding the trust that has been broken due to trauma experienced in the childhood years is no small task. But the beauty of it is, is that this recovery process relies solely on the courage and the determination of the individual. It's a long and lengthy journey. And it's something I've experienced myself uh, through my childhood traumas, trust of anyone in around my life. I was a very mistrustful person and I'm still quite skeptical of people. But for me, it was the intimate relationships that had the biggest impact around mistrust and not trusting my partner, being quite jealous and needy, as I said before. And when I learned that that wasn't an acceptable behavior, when I learned that I was really breaching the boundaries of a relationship, of what a relationship is really built on and and failing to recognize that my partner is a free-willed individual who is on their own journey in life, once I realized that, Man, my relationships became amazing. I became <laughs> happier in my life and my partners were happier and and those issues evaporated. And it is a long journey and, and, and occasionally you may slip back into that really ease of that that well-worn neural pathway, but you need to drag yourself away from that and, and start to, to really focus on being a different human being around this sort of stuff. And that goes not just for males, it's females as well. There are steps you can take to start to work through childhood trauma and rebuilding trust. And it's about trying to implement positive change and ultimately foster a power in yourself through healing. It's about identifying, reflecting, healing and forgiving and ultimately trusting. Each step must be taken with respect for yourself 
for the emotions experienced within the past and present moments being faced today, and then through expressing unconditional love for yourself and dedication towards recovery. Establishing trust is achievable if you're mindful, intentional, and you recognize the unconditional love you need to have for yourself and that you deserve happiness and you can choose to be happy. Moving forward in life can feel daunting and at times impossible, but the truth is that it's never too late to get going. Making small goals and breaking them up into achievable chunks can be a great way to start. And this is exactly how I've approached it. Think of it like saving up money in a bank account. Each tiny drop of money, soon you have enough saved for something amazing. It could also involve seeking out advice from people you trust who will encourage and support you. And I have leveraged off some amazing people in my life. Uh, I've had been very fortunate to have amazing work colleagues and, 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 and bosses at work um, who were really supportive of me. So seek out people you trust then that will encourage and support you in taking realistic steps towards your dreams, as well as celebrating your wins along the way. Don't forget to invest in yourself, whether you're doing your favorite hobby, exploring self-care strategies, exercising, making time for rest, take care of yourself first so that you're able to tackle these challenges. Find optimism and motivation and you will be able to progress and work through these these issues. When it comes to taking meaningful steps towards personal growth in the wake of trauma, sometimes the best course of action is to take a giant leap of faith. Building strong connections with someone who's experienced similar traumas or similar experiences can help take some of the weight off your shoulders and trusting them as you would yourself is an invaluable first step, not only to security, but for future growth. Taking each day as a new opportunity grants us access to more tools for retraining the mind to trust that life and progress is possible again. Ultimately, it is important to remember that trauma is a natural and inevitable part of life. Nobody is ever completely shielded from it. It's a normal experience of the human condition. But the knowledge of how traumatic experience can impact relationships and connections with others, as well as the recognition that healing is possible, can provide hope for those struggling with its effects. It takes work to learn how to trust again and open up to others in healthy ways. However, with patience and understanding and compassion for yourself and others, you can eventually create lasting connections even after trauma. Remember, you are worthy of support and love. There are always people who will stand by your side on the journey of recovery. So I do hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Billions of Adams podcast. And remember, I am part of you. You are part of me and we are part of everything and everyone.